Okay, so today we're looking at John 10 verses 1 and concluding at verse 10. And it's entitled, The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. It says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. All right. Have you ever been to, and I tried to think of a few different analogies, but we'll see. Have you ever been to, say, a theme park or even just the footy at some stage? Where, but any space where I'm talking about, so you can use your imagination here, where the only proper way in was through a gate that was out the front, right? Or maybe back in the day, or it could even be now, because I'm no judgment here, you guys go do what you want in your free time, but you like to go out dancing somewhere? No? Yes, maybe, a bit, bit of a giggle, gone to those days, but yeah, someday, once upon a time. Or go out to a fancy restaurant or probably more likely to see a band play or something like that. And we're greeted by a door person or security of some sort. For me, I recall several different times where this has happened for myself. They weren't always the classiest of places. In playing in bands and stuff, you go to all sorts of spots. Where the place I was going had this clear entry point some which even had this long list of criteria on who was actually allowed to enter in and who was not. You would probably know those lists I'm talking about that say no entry followed by all the ifs and the conditions and the because of this. And the list goes on to tell you all of those things that will either grant or prohibit you from entering into that space. For instance, no thongs, no tank tops, no bare feet, no mullets, no hats, no revealing clothing, no swimwear, must be of a certain age. All children must be accompanied by, the, by an adult. Do you remember those sorts of lists? And those lists can go on and on and on. One particular time for myself and Karen, going to the footy in Melbourne a few years back, Karen and I got held up at the gates of Marvel Stadium, one of the big, not the biggest one, but the other one in Melbourne City, because of one of these conditions of entry. We had a bottle of water with us. Do you remember that? You do remember that, good. Because otherwise I was making it up. Clearly labelled, now I say clearly labelled, I can't remember whether it was Mount Franklin or Pump, but it doesn't matter, it was very clearly labelled, you'd know this is a bottle of water. However, for us to be allowed entry, 
we were actually told to go empty this brand new, bought some five minutes earlier, probably very overpriced bottle of water into the drain that was just out the front. And this all happened whilst those security guards were watching over us very, very closely. And it was only then that we were allowed to take the empty bottle with us into the stadium only to be allowed to refill it again. And from where we were standing, getting all checked and ready to go through the gates, you could see the refill station just inside the gates. It was only then that we were allowed to take the empty bottle into the stadium and then go and refill it after getting through the gate. Was it disappointing? Somewhat. But if we wanted to get inside to enjoy what was going on behind those gates, it was what we needed to do. What was once cold was now warm, that's beside the point, but hey, it's what we needed to do to get in. Now, this example in Scripture today references a sheep pen. And back in the times John is referring to, the sheep pens were these loose rock-built enclosures that stood higher than a person, higher than, like, up here, stood higher than a person and had a doorway on one side where the shepherd would act as a gate. And so when I think about like the different sheep pens and we see them in the our cute little kids' resources and stuff, it's kind of like this little cute circle of rocks. These sheep pens were made to keep things out and to keep the things inside safe. So it's a little bit different to some of those cute little pictures we get given at times as well. And so in that situation, the role of the shepherd actually became the role of the gate. There wasn't a door as such, but in that, in that opening space is where the shepherd would present themselves and sit there and act as the gate. Because they would ensure that the sheep were safe and that any wild animals or thieves or robbers, as we hear in today's scripture, would have to go through them to enter the pen. Anything or anyone that tried to enter or exit through that shepherd gate, the correct way, had to go through the gate, right? Now, I'm going to touch on something important here because it can be very easily missed. Regardless of the scenario, whether it was the footy gate, whether it was at the the gig, whether it was at the sheep pen, it was never strictly about not being allowed in. Yes, there may have been some criteria involved, and some protective measures that are put in place, because who knows what we had in that bottle of water? Who knows? It was water, but they don't know that. Possibly. And these clearly did come into play, these criteria, but for Karen and I to even experience that isolated moment with the water bottle, it took something else. Individually, in every single situation we take, it's the actual step taken to present ourselves to the gate that is required, or none of the rest applies. It is the actual step taken to present ourselves to the gate that is required. For any hope of entry, for any hope of taking that next step, we had to physically place ourselves at the gate, right, with the intention of gaining entry. And it was only then that the opportunity for that entry came real for us. It was only after wholeheartedly presenting ourselves that then any of the criteria then even came into play. And here is where we do find some criteria for us as believers too. And now even when I wrote that down, I was sitting there thinking, so you might be thinking this as well, but doesn't Jesus want us all to have a relationship with him? Like why, why is, what, what's this criteria you're talking about? 
And the answer to that question is a resounding yes. Of course, Christ wants us to have a relationship with him. However, the criteria we must meet is, is simple. It's simply this. We must, regardless of lots of things, some of the criteria we even place on ourselves, how we see ourselves, how we present ourselves, what or how our past has looked like, where we've come from, what our story entails, we must, we must open our hearts, we must open our minds, and we must open ourselves to wholeheartedly accepting Jesus in. We must present ourselves to the gate, take that step, to the gate, that is Jesus, and give our lives over to him to truly experiencing the life-giving community that then follows past that point. So let's think into this a little bit further now. If we want to avoid the criteria for entry, there are always other ways to get in, right? The option for shortcutting in the process is always there as well. We could always try and take some sort of shortcut. We could try and sneak in. You could try and scale the fences around Adelaide Oval or wherever it is. You could try and dress up to look the part and go in the service person's entry and try and get in, get into a side door. But really the only right way and the only the honest way to do this is to go through that gate, to go through that point of entry. And there's good reason to go through the correct entry process, to then go through that gate. Not only does it act as a witness to others, but it also honours the space beyond as well. The criteria aren't put in place to exclude just cause, but they are there to set a tone for what is desired beyond the gate as well. The purpose and intentions of being in the space are made clear and the person that is presenting is saying, I want to be a part of that. If Karen and I wanted that chance to see the mighty Adelaide Crows, boo, no, good, great, yeah. See the mighty Adelaide Crows win a footy game, something as simple as that. We had to present to the gate and consequently empty the water from our bottle down a drain, right? In the same fashion, if we want to experience kingdom community, then we must present our whole selves to Jesus and fully commit to emptying ourselves, Give me over any selfish ambition or personal importance, talking on a spirit of humility and submission to live a life that honours and reflects the love of Jesus because of what Jesus did and continues to do for each of us. And if I haven't made it clear already, in this story, like the Pharisees had to have it explained to them, like Jesus loves to put it into simple man terms. He'll put it out there, are you going to get it? Nope, all right, well, I'm going to make sure you got it. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the gate. For those of us who speak of personal faith and belief in Christ, there is no shortcut to our faith. We must approach Jesus and go through him. And here's a little something for us to to think about. Not that all of this isn't worth thinking about. But right from the start of today's scripture, Jesus alludes to another way to get into the sheep pen. Even Jesus says, yeah, there's other ways. You you could take these shortcuts. Where he says in verse 1, very truly I tell you. And again, he's speaking to these religious leaders, the Pharisees. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, 
is a thief and a robber. Now, I think Jesus says this in the very first verse because the importance of going through the gate is so vitally important. Because if we're not careful, this is for all of us, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves taking shortcuts without even recognising it. Have you ever heard the saying, going with the flow? Go for it. You can drink your water, Lynn. Nah, it's all good. We'll check it later. But have you, you have to answer my question now. Have you ever heard the saying, going with the flow? Yeah, and that's what will happen now with gravity. Yeah. Would you relate to that saying? This is a whole different question now, though. This is personal. Would you relate to that saying when considering your own belief? When considering your own faith and your belief, would you relate it to the idea of going with the flow? Our inner state of faith is known only to us and to one other. Only you and Christ will know if you are or have wholeheartedly presented yourself at the gate. We can come to church. Amen. We can tell others that we follow Christ. Yeah, I'm a Christian. You can say, I'll pray for you to a friend, and whether we do or not is a whole other thing. But unless we have and continue continue to present ourselves to the gate that is Jesus, then we're missing out. This is where belief takes on that sense of relationship as well. Because how often does a long-distance relationship actually work out for people? Sometimes, but the common understanding is what I'm looking at here, is that not often. It is the same with our belief. We can't have a long distance belief, if that makes sense. If we aren't growing in our relationship with Christ in our lives, daily, weekly, ongoing, is probably the word I want to use there, ongoing, then do we have a relationship at all? We have to look at where are our spiritual dip disciplines, our scripture reading, our praying, and actual active prayer life. Because as we've said before, as we've discovered, belief is an action word. Belief then informs our character. Belief then informs our motivation. Belief in action then informs others. And belief comes out in vibrant, passionate praise. Because whilst we may be able to utter some simple words at times, to fool any person here on earth, that we have a faith or that we have a belief. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'll pray for you. Yeah, got you. There is one person who knows the truth and he is the one that we're actually to go through and that's Jesus. There's no fool in Jesus. Simply going to church isn't our golden ticket to heaven. There's no loyalty card program that gives us our passport to heaven through doing good acts like every good stamp gets you towards heaven. We must present ourselves to Jesus and submit ourselves to his divine authority over our lives at some point or other. Now, I say this not to discourage at all. I say this not to discourage, but actually just to keep us informed as believers. We don't want to go stale, do we? If we've been doing, and I put it in quotation marks, if we've been doing church for a long time, we can get lost in assuming that that's enough. We can rest on the idea, on the idea that I'm a, I'm a good person. I do good stuff. I'm not abrasive to anybody. I'm, I'm a good person. We can take affirmation from others who might say, 
gosh, you are such a faithful person. You are such a good person even. Or we can even pat ourselves on the back for simply doing good things. But we can't get wrapped up in religious repetition or routine faith, essentially taking what is actually a shortcut approach to what's required, which is relationship with Jesus, and become blindsided to the reality that our salvation comes through the acceptance of Jesus as saviour of our lives. doesn't mean that we can't then do good things, but we must go through Christ. Jesus is the only way by which every person receives salvation and no one should attempt to bypass the point of entry. Salvation comes through Christ alone. We can shepherd others to the gate through our own transformation story as well. But it is Christ who grants salvation once the personal decision is made to accept Christ for oneself. So we must each individually have that moment, and it could be time and time again, of presenting ourselves to the gate. Jesus, the gate, and the community that exists within got me thinking as well. Because there's great importance and high significance for being a part of a life-giving community. I'm talking about a community that has come to understand the importance of being guided by Christ. Being informed and being shaped by Christ. These communities look like communities of support, of nurture, attentiveness to the deep needs of the individuals. And it attends to the physical, the mental and the emotional, yes, but so importantly, also the spiritual. And this is what the sheep pen represents. The only true representation of a Christ follower, which in turn becomes an example to others, is through that personal relationship with Jesus. And we must, and I say this time and time again because it's so important, we must present our lives to Jesus, the gate, and he'll gladly open it wide for us to enter in. If our sheep pen is filled with these metaphorical thieves and robbers or wild animals, then the community is not safe and it is not healthy. The community is in danger of being damaged from within. Those other things, our life experience, our struggles that I mentioned way ago, the challenging parts of our character, even the strengths that we hold, can then be shaped and informed by the new revelations experienced by allowing Jesus into our very lives. But we do need to say yes to Jesus and be deliberate about presenting ourselves to the gate. That's the criteria. And it's a free will criteria. It's a choice. And this space is not exclusive in any way at all. Because earlier in John, we get the scripture from chapter 3 that many people might know. If we say John 3, what's usually the verse that comes after that? 16, exactly. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever, whoever, hold that word, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this is another verse that you might be familiar with. Past John 10, then in John 14, verse 6, we hear the words of Jesus as he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through, through me. Whoever, through. So when we put these two portions of scriptures together as an overlay for understanding John 10, almost like bookmarking, 
squashing it in together, that whoever believes is accepted and the knowledge that the only way is through Jesus, we can then begin to understand John 10 a whole lot clearer, can't we? Whoever, but through me, Jesus. It is all about individually accepting Christ as Lord and God over our lives. It's about honestly aligning ourselves with the character of Christ and submitting ourselves to him as the example for our lives. It is about letting Jesus' example as our shepherd instruct us as we become a support for others as well. How do we offer protection and support? How do we help provide calm in moments of fear? And how do we nurture those who are on a journey of faith? It's how we can do it for others, but how can we understand that for ourselves as well? How can we understand protection and support? How can we understand calm in moments where we're fearing things, where things aren't going well? How can we even encourage our own relationship with God and that nurturing of our own faith on our own journey? We want others, but we also want ourselves to experience and find what abundant life feels like, don't we? But we need to do that through acknowledging Christ as our Lord over our life. And we need to look at, have we presented ourselves to the gate? How can we lead others to that gate that is Christ as well? We're clearly told that whoever is acceptable, if they only believe in John 10. But the markers of a person who claims their personal entry into kingdom living as a follower of Christ will be informed by the example set for us by Christ in scriptures. I can't help but go back to our personal waypoints. I know we've talked about this time and time again, but there's good reason why they keep coming back up in Galatians 5. And consider those waypoints, those markers for how are we living out our life as the fruits of the Spirit and where they are present over our life. Because that's where we'll see what proximity to Christ actually looks like. Those things like love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. And if we can't see how we can support others, then maybe the reality for ourselves is that we haven't even taken the steps to go there ourselves. Have we put ourselves in front of Jesus, presented at the gate and accepted him into our lives wholeheartedly? Because at one stage or another, we have all been these thieves and robbers until that personal commitment, that step has been taken. Is when we acknowledge Jesus' love for us that we come into relationship with him. It is within this relationship that we find a new way of living. When we know what it is to live in closeness to Jesus, we will better determine the things that try to distract and separate us from Christ. They won't look like those those fruits of the Spirit. They won't look like love, joy, or self-control. We will then begin to understand a way of living that will fulfill us completely, not through any sort of attainment or possession or status, but understanding a deeper sense of living in community, in a community that exudes Christ. Because Christ wants us to know him. And by knowing him and allowing his example to impact over our lives, we will find a new sense of fulfillment. We can be successful or we can be struggling. 
that Christ sees equal when we live out lives equal to the example that he set for us. Whatever we bring, big or small, if it is brought as a result of presenting ourselves to the gate that is Jesus, then we can be used to impact the kingdom of God within our community here and also out there, but also within. Once we have presented ourselves to the gate that is Christ, we are under him. We are under Christ. Regardless of where we find ourselves, Christ is with us and goes before us. And it says in verse 9, they, and when they say they, it means any one of us who have come to Christ. They will come in and go out and find pasture. We're provided for. We're cared for. With Christ, we find what we need. And with Christ, we never walk alone. As the sheep leave out, they know the voice of the shepherd. They know who to follow. They know what is safe and good. With Christ, we will never walk alone. In verse 4, it says, He goes on ahead, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. My prayer is that as we grow closer in our in our belief, in our faith, that we would even take today as an opportunity to present ourselves to the gate either for the first time or again. Because the, the gate's two ways. Like, we're not penned in. We understand that idea of being within community of support and that. But there is that time where we do go out to pasture, out, out to the world around us and stuff if we feel like that's impacted us in some way by, by coming out and we're, we're, we're struggling, take that step back towards the gate. Find your, 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 your nurture, your fulfillment, your, your filling. Because with Christ, we never walk alone, regardless of where we're at and what's going on. We'll know his voice, those things that speak of Jesus. I encourage you to consider that for yourself this morning as the song plays.